You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Turn to Joshua chapter 18 and Numbers chapter 13. Joshua 18 and Numbers 13. We celebrate every year really, really big, huge celebration at Christmas. The birth of Jesus is a huge huge celebration, and rightfully so. Our Lord and Savior had to be born a natural birth, so that is a big celebration for us. But think about it. There's been millions, there's been billions of babies born, but there's only one. There's only one that was crucified, buried, went to the heart of the earth, stripped the keys of death and hell from the devil and early on a Sunday morning rolled the stone back and walked out. There's only one that's done that. So don't tell me all world religions are basically the same. They all have good meanings for no, 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 no. Jesus is the only one. All the other religious leaders are dead. Jesus is the only one. So death could not hold him. So don't miss next Sunday. The biggest celebration of all is the celebration of Easter because he had to come out of that grave to do what he did for us. Uh, We're looking forward to next Sunday. Those that are going to be baptized, we'll have our baptismal tank uh, out here and and just few minutes, just 15 minutes after the second service is over, we'll be baptizing. Y'all bring your towels so that you can get in your cars to go home on. But it'll be a great time. Don't, don't miss next Sunday, our Easter Sunday morning. I want to welcome all of those that are joining us on several different social medias uh, and their outlets that we have. The numbers that are joining us are staggering into the thousands and thousands that are watching us now each and every week from all the major cities across the country, the, the foreign countries, the countries overseas with numbers watching us uh, are just staggering to me. We pray that you're being blessed. We pray that you're growing in the Lord. But as always, I want to continue to remind you, don't ever sit at home and watch a podcast on, on your screen and say, I went to church. We like having you join us throughout the week and pulling up our podcast because we add, we grow, we're teaching you. But you don't go to church on TV sitting in your house. You find you a local church close to your home in your area where you pay your tithe and where you support. You pay into the children's ministry, the youth ministry, the junior high ministry. You got to fund what we're doing to turn this world around for the cause of Christ. Uh, His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And it's the church that does that. It's not by people in their pajamas sitting at home watching TV. It's the church that does that. So we're glad to have y'all joining us on podcast. I pray you're blessed and pray you're really taught by the word today as you hear it, whatever day of the week you're tuning it in. But I want to encourage you, don't say I went to church on TV today because you weren't in church. Uh, make sure you get involved in the church and be a part, a member, a functioning member of the body of Christ. Joshua chapter 18, have you found that yet? Joshua chapter 18 verse 1. Now that the land was under Israelite control, the entire community of Israel gathered at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle. But there remained seven tribes who had not been allotted their grants of land. Verse 3, then Joshua asked them, how long are you going to wait 
before taking possession of the remaining land the Lord, the God, your ancestors has given you. The title of today's message is, How Long Will You Wait? How Long Will You Wait? I want to go back and give you in the next five minutes about three or 4,000 years of history. You're going to have to listen fast. We've got a long way to go. If you remember in Genesis chapter 12, God cut a covenant with Abraham. You'll be my people. I'll be your God. They cut covenant. And God had a group of people to reveal himself to the world through. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your descendants. A people called by my name. And so started a group of people for God. They grew. They prospered. They were blessed. A famine came, a series of events, you can read the last 15 chapters of Genesis, through Joseph and all of the story of his life. A famine came in search of food, they went down into Egypt, Uh, God's kids moved down there, they began to grow over generations, Pharaohs forgot about Joseph, forgot about that story, they enslaved God's people. And for generations, God's people were in slavery in Egypt. In Exodus, we read that God raises up Moses to bring deliverance out of slavery to a blessed land, a blessed life. Through a series of miracles, we read about Moses leading them out of Egypt. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, the Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Y'all go check this land out. God delivered his people out of slavery. He brings them out into freedom. And he says, now I want you to see the blessed land that I'm giving you. Verse 25, here they go. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, the whole community of Israel. They start telling them, man, we entered this land is bountiful. My goodness, it was flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. Verse 28, but the people there are very powerful. Their towns are strong. They're fortified. We saw giants there. Caleb says, come on, guys. Let's go get it. It's ours. Let's go get it. The other men, no, no, they're stronger than we. We can't do it. These giants are there. Yeah, we saw it. It's unbelievable. It's a wonderful life. But there are giants there. Church, I got a news flash today. Breaking news. We'll have to do something to get what God gives us. We'll have to do something to get what God gives us. This life with God will require something on our part. It's all God and it's all you. We are co-laborers with him. God does his part. We do our part. We have to take every thought captive. God does not take our thoughts captive. We take our thoughts captive. All we read in the Old Testament is a painting. It's a color picture. It's a blueprint of God's plan. God's plan to set the world free from slavery to sin through Jesus. We read in Exodus chapter 12, Moses was a picture of Jesus. Y'all remember the story. You take a perfect lamb without spot or blemish. You apply the blood to the doorpost. And when you do, what happens? The angel of death 
passes over the houses that what? Have the blood of the lamb applied. It's a picture. It's the blueprint of our salvation. Now, the Old Testament can be a little confusing whenever you read the Old Testament and you don't see it revealing the New Testament. But when you just read it, you get all lost. What does this mean? What does this mean? Everything in the Old Covenant refers to the New Covenant in a type, in a shadow, in a physical example of what's going to happen for us in the realm of the Spirit. Okay, Moses leads them out of slavery to Egypt. They're free. It's vital that we see this in Numbers 13. There are giants in the blessed land that had to be defeated before they can inhabit the land that God gave them. I don't know how we cannot see this. I don't know how we miss this. Jesus leads us out of slavery to sin. God gives us a blessed life, but there are giants in that blessed life that you and I will have to defeat each and every day to inhabit what God gave us. In the Old Testament, God's kids had to defeat the Hittites, the Amorites, the Jezebites, the Canaanites. In the New Testament, that was an example of the fact that God's kids are going to have to defeat depression, alcohol, temper, laziness, irresponsibility, moodiness, hurts, mad. See, we we have giants in our life that we have to defeat to live in the land that God's given us. In the Old Covenant, Moses led them out. They were free. And we read, they chose not to go in. They chose to allow those giants to keep them out. Joshua and Caleb said, come on, God's with us. We can do this. No, 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 no. We can't do this. We read, they all died in the desert. They died in the wilderness. Free people, by God's grace, free people died in the desert. It's a picture of our life as Christians. Jesus sets us free, but too many people are dying in the wilderness, dying in the desert, free, but never choosing to fight those giants that are keeping them out from what God has for them. God's given you a life of joy. God's given you a life of peace. God's given you a life of blessings. You'll have to fight every giant in that land to possess that. Reading the Old Testament, we learn all those that rebelled against God died in the desert. Never living the blessed life that God gave them. Well, we get the next generation that comes along. They're ready to go. They're led by Joshua and Caleb. Let's go in. We read about their first battle of Jericho. Y'all remember the story? They marched around the wall seven different times. Then they shouted and the walls fell. It's a a miracle. It's a miracle, but the miracle didn't happen while they sat over there in the creek fishing. Waiting on God to drop those walls. See, the miracle happened when they participated with God. When they did their part, then God showed up and did his part. And we read about a miraculous victory of God's kids. And then we read on. Victory after victory after victory. I'm just not sure where we got the idea that God gives us peace. God gives us joy. God gives us great marriages. God gives us great jobs. And all this just comes to us without a fight. It's given, church, but we got to fight for it. 
We've got to work and fight for it. This is what this church is all about. This is what this church is all about. Helping God's kids. Helping those that are given a great life fight their giants and live in the great life that they've been given. All of our staff here, all of our pastors, all of our staff, all of us here, our desire, our goal is to see our kids, our youth, our single adults, our married, all those that are members of this church, our goal is to see each person here living a blessed life, living the life that God has given us. And I'm going to be honest with you. It is tough on me. It is tough on me when I see God's kids given a great life and they're living and dying in the desert. That's tough on me. Going around that same old mountain, they get sober, then they get drunk, and they get sober, and they get drunk, and they get so... God's got a great life for you, and you don't have to live like that. You don't have to die in that desert, and that's hard on me. And the drive, the motivation of this church is to see people walk in the blessed land that God has given them and not walk around the desert and die in the desert. Boy, I'm excited about our Saturday class that we started with the Birminghams. Every Saturday on addicted behavior. I mean, yes, alcohol, drugs, absolutely. Pornography, absolutely. But there's, you can have an addiction to Facebook. You can have an addiction to TV. You can have an addiction to depression. You don't know how to live without being depressed about something. If there's not something to worry about, you've got to find something to worry about because you're addicted to that feeling of worry. It's a, a class on Saturday mornings that we're offering now on addictive behavior. You're saved, but you've got a giant in your land. I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing to be ashamed about. Oh, I don't want anybody to find out I'm addicted to pornography. We already know you are. Or something. Or something. If you're addicted to drugs, you're addicted to pornography, you're addicted to TV. You're, you've got a giant in your land. It's no shame to have a giant in your land. We all face giants that we have to personally defeat our giant. If it's not pornography, it's your temper. If it's not your temper, it's your... Are you hearing this? We all have giants. And that's what church is all about. Defeating those giants in your personal life and living happy, living blessed, living full of joy, living the abundant life that God has for you. Go back to Joshua 18. Very interesting. We got to see this. From chapter 1 through chapter 17, we read about one victory after the next as God's kids fought for one and moved into the blessed land. Then we get to chapter 18, verse 1. Now the land was under the Israelite control. The entire community of Israel gathered at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle. Verse 2. But there remained seven tribes who had not yet been allotted their grants of land. Oh, we've got to see this now. The entire community of Israel, the land was under their control. They were living their best life, and they gather at Shiloh, and they set up a tabernacle. We just happened to gather on Brook Hill Ranch Road. We set up a meeting place here for us to gather, meet with God, 
And we're here and we're meeting with God. I mean, our praise team, they got it. It was worship unbelievable this morning. I don't know where in the world you can go and find worship any more powerful than that. Right? Worship unbelievable. I mean, we got it going on. Our children's ministry is unbelievable. Things happening. We got junior high going. We got a high school ministry here that's going. I mean, our church is just growing after we've finally getting around over this COVID thing. The, I mean, church is coming back. Things are happening here. I mean, it's happening here. And, and boy, we're... Boy, Last Sunday, the word here was unbelievable. My goodness, Josh, what a word Josh gave to our church. Man, oh man, Jesus is what you need. My goodness, I thought that was the best I ever heard. And then he preached again Wednesday night and it took us over the top. Uh, That was amazing how Wednesday night's lesson tied right into the message on Sunday. Man, God is moving in people's lives in this church. God is moving. Verse 2. But there remained few tribes that weren't in their land. Verse 3. Then Joshua asked, how long are you going to wait? There may be some folks sitting right here. They've seen the blessed land. They're coming. Boy, they're watching everybody. Boy, we're praising. We're excited. And we're, this is happening. That's happening. Church is growing. Things are doing great. Man, we just got great things happening around here. It's kind of, it, you're, you're not there. You're not there. Then Joshua said, how long are you going to wait? How, the title of today's message is, how long are you going to wait? Come on, map this out and let's move in. The title of today's message is, how long are you going to wait? How long are you going to wait to be happy? How long are you going to wait to have a good attitude? How long are you going to wait to live full of joy? How long will you wait to start taking every thought captive? How long are you going to wait to get control of those depressive thoughts and take those thoughts captive? We in here, God's kids, at some point in your life, you've asked Jesus to come into your heart. Maybe it was in vacation Bible school as a child. Maybe it was in children's church. Maybe it was a youth rally. I don't know. Maybe you were by yourself in your room, but you're God's kid. You're God's kid You're saved, you've asked Jesus to come into your heart. As a child of God, you've been given a blessed life. Regardless of who does what, regardless of who says what, regardless of what happens or what doesn't happen, you've been given a blessed life. Now you're moping around. Lip pooched out. Because somebody didn't do... I mean, you're just moping around because you're unhappy. You're lonely. You're moping around. You twist off because somebody else quit church. Let me tell you, people are always going to quit church. Just write that down. I ain't twisting off because somebody quit church. People are quitting church. People are coming to church. I'm not twisting off because somebody left. Are you hearing this? See, well, well, somebody in church hurt my feelings. Well, somebody said, well, the pastor didn't call me, didn't come by and see me. And, well, somebody didn't. Look here, if I'm sick, I don't want Josh coming to visit me. Stay home, all right? Let me get to feeling better, and then we'll go have lunch together. But somebody's mad because somebody didn't come. Today, you're a child of God. You're a child of the King. You're a child of the Creator. How long are you going to wait? I got an announcement today. I'm putting my happy pants on. I'm just pulling them right up and buckling my buckle. I got my happy britches on today, buddy. I'm happy now. I'm living a blessed life. I'm living a good life. Things could not be better for me. I got my happy britches on. God's given you and I a choice about what pants you're going to put on this morning. 
you go to your closet. Hmm, here's some happy pants. I believe I'll put these sad pants on. Somebody hurt my feelings and they didn't speak to me Sunday morning and I came in. Nobody in that church shook my hand. Come on. You didn't come here to meet somebody. You came here for us to introduce you to God. Don't come in here moping around. Somebody didn't acknowledge me. I didn't show. Come on. Well, I have my closet. I got my happy pants. I got my depressed pants. I got my lonely pants. I got my hurt pants. I got my mad pants. You get to decide which pair of pants you're going to put on today. I'll just let you know I'm wearing my happy pants. I'm wearing my happy pants today. See, you decide what you put off and what you put on. Ephesians talks about this. Colossians talks about this. You and I were born in slavery to sin. Romans tells us that one man, Adam, sinned, and then he passed that sin nature down to everyone. I don't know how you can argue with that scripture. I don't know how you can argue with it. Sin nature passed down. Nobody ever got their 18-month-old kid and says, now let me teach you this. When somebody steals a toy you're playing with, you grab their arm and you bite until the blood comes. No one teaches an 18-month-old to bite their other kid's arm in their nursery. No, okay, now, son, watch this. Tomorrow, when your mom takes you to the store, I know you're only a year, but now pay close attention. When your mom takes you to the store and she won't get you that pretty sucker that's on the thing, flop down in that shopping cart, start kicking your feet, start banging your head against the shopping cart. She'll give you and she'll get you that thing. Nobody teaches anybody to throw a temper. Nobody teaches anybody to bite. Okay, now look, I want you to be able to worry, and I want you to be a good worrier. So now let's watch it. Okay, now let's take this worry in. Okay, now watch me close. I'm going to let fear consume me. Who sits down with their little young child and teaches them to be scared? Clearly, we're born with a sin nature that's passed down to us. We spend our kids' whole life trying to beat the meanness out of them. Stop biting. Stop throwing a fit. Stop acting like that. Act like... Why? Why do we have to teach good, but we don't have to teach bad? We're born with a sin nature. All mankind, through one man sinned, and that sin nature was passed down to all mankind. Nobody ever teaches a child to throw a fit or to be mad or to bite or to be scared. We're born with that. And we're enslaved to that sin nature. And what we have to have is a savior. I can't. I can't not. Don't do that. Don't do that. I can't not. I just did it anyway. Why'd you do that? I don't know. I don't know why you bit that. Why'd you bite your little brother? I don't know. I don't. He doesn't know. Why did you throw that fit? I don't know. That's the right answer. Your two-year-old doesn't know. It's an Adamic nature, and we grow up in life needing a Savior. I don't know why I'm mad. I just live mad. I don't know why I'm depressed. I just live depressed. No one ever taught me to worry. I need a Savior who will save me from this sin nature that is encompassing me. Today is Palm Sunday. The beginning of what we call Holy Week. Leading up to next Sunday, Easter. And this is what this week is all about. Jesus, the perfect sacrifice for our sin. Jesus paid the debt for our sin. They crucified him. He died. He went into hell. He took the keys. He stripped the keys from the devil. And early on a Sunday morning. See, we're going to celebrate 
this next week, early on that Sunday morning, Jesus rolls the stone back from the entrance of that tomb and this set us free from the slavery of that sin nature that we were born with. Now, you've been set free. The question is, how long will you wait to walk in it? See, Moses got us out from under Pharaoh and in Egypt. That captivity has been broken, and now we're out here in the desert. How long are you going to wait to walk in and defeat the giant? You're not keeping me from being happy. You're not keeping me from being in joy today. I'm going to have a great day today because I decided to. See, the keys have been taken from you. I don't have Pharaoh controlling me. I don't have the devil controlling my sin nature. I choose today. I'm not waiting one minute longer. I don't have to be hurt. I don't have to be sad. I don't have to be miserable. You got a choice about that. I choose to accept Jesus I choose to receive what he did, and now I'm going to fight the devil. I'm going to fight the giants that are keeping me from being happy, being peaceful, being full of joy. I'm living my day happy. I'm living my day blessed. I'm not waiting any longer. I'm not waiting any longer to be happy. I'm not waiting on a new president to be happy. I'm going to be happy right now. I'm not waiting on a raise to be happy. I'm not waiting on my boss to do anything or not do anything for me to be happy. I'm not waiting on my neighbors. I'm not waiting on my coworker to do this or that. I'm not waiting on my kids to do one thing. See, I'm not waiting on somebody at church to make me happy. I'm being happy right now. Nobody's got to do anything. I choose to walk in the blessed land that God has given me. I put off that old sin nature and I move in and I put on all that Jesus died to bring me church there has always been viruses out here there's always been plagues out here there's always been diseases out here wash your hands take your vitamins build your immune system and live happy live free live a blessed life live free live blessed live happy (laughs) Philippians chapter 4 says always be full of joy in the Lord I say it again rejoice. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. How long are you going to wait to put peace on? How long are you going to wait to put the joy on that Jesus brought us? You've accepted Jesus. You have his spirit living on the inside of you. Now it's up to you to whip your giants and for you to live free. I'm aware though today that there may be some in here that you could be on the outside looking in. I'm aware that there may be some in here, maybe you've been in church for a long time and you like being around God's people. You like surrounding yourself with God's people and you like the music and you like the sermons and and you like church, but you've never come to a place in your life where you laid it down where you laid it down and said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Maybe you've never come to that place where you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, save you, and you experience what we call being born again. Maybe your wife is saved. Maybe your grandmother is saved. Maybe your grandfather was a preacher. But how long will you wait to lay it down? 
and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you're not saved. Today would be a good day to do that. I want everybody in here just to bow your heads right where you are. Everybody just bow your heads. Let's just close your eyes. Let's just shut out all around you right now. It's just you and Jesus. You've been waiting for years. You thought about it. You thought about it. You've been waiting for years. But you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Right now, just pray with me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I confess my sins to you, and I ask you to forgive me. Right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I lay my life down. I lay me being the Lord of my life down. And right now, I receive you as Lord of my life. From this point forward, my life is going to be lived following you. From this point forward, my life is on a new course. Jesus, I receive you right now in my heart as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, it's Palm Sunday. What a great time to turn your heart over to the Lordship of Jesus in your life. This is Holy Week. Every day this week, we're going to celebrate the events of what Jesus did. This Friday is what we refer to as Good Friday. That's the day Jesus entered in the tomb. Don't miss Sunday morning as we celebrate early Sunday morning. That stone rolled away. At the end of this service next week, we'll be having our baptism. An outward example of those who have died, been buried, and then washed clean and raised to live a new life in him. I don't know about you, but I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting, not one second longer. I'm going to live happy. I'm going to live blessed. And today, I choose joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all stand with me. Lord, today we give you thanks for a great day, a blessed life. We give you thanks for all you've done for us, all you're doing for us. And Lord, this week, each day of this week, we celebrate the events of Holy Week. And all we can say is, Thank you. Thank you for saving us from our slavery to sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you Easter. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com. 